0: evening everyone evening. what month is it christmas christmas is coming so from from this weekend we'll be uh throwing in a a christmas carol or two every weekend um and then the big event will be on christmas day why don't we just pray and commit this time to the lord Father, we just thank you for being with us. We just thank you that we can meet on this Sunday afternoon. We just ask that we would be encouraged and that you might be glorified today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Get you to stand and let's sing together.
1: I lift your name on high, Lord, I love to sing your praises, I'm so glad you're in my life, I'm so glad you came to save us, you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the Cross to the grave from the grave to the sky Lord I lift your name on high Let's sing we Lord we lift your name on high Lord we love to sing your praises So glad you're in our lives. We're so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave. to show the way Good in me. You are love, you are love, on display for all to see. You are light, you are light, when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope, you have covered all my sin. You are peace, you are peace. I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms, the riches of your love will always be enough, nothing compares to your embrace, light of the world. the name jesus running
0: We'll go straight into communion together. Just like to read you a little bit from Psalm seventy-seven. Just the very end of it. I was just reading this the other day and it really struck me. So I'm reading from verse uh sixteen it says this, The waters saw you, O God, the waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water, the skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. Isn't that a good line? Though your footprints were not seen. So it seems to be saying that um, for the Old Testament saints, they, they knew God was um, present or God was there by his, his action and by his work. They didn't actually see him himself. So uh, the, they didn't see his footprints as it were, but they were able to see he was at work. It's a completely different situation in the New Testament. So if you can just hold that in your mind and just contrast it with this. This is from chapter 14 of John, uh, which it's straight after the bit where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, you know me, Philip, even after I have been with you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So for the disciples and for us um, as fellow disciples, if you like, there's a sense in which we do see God. We, don't, we, do, we also see his, his action uh, and the results of his actions also tell us about him, uh, who he is and what he's done. But in Christ, we do see him for who he is. And as we break bread together this afternoon, I could ask you to reflect on that, that um, in, the, in the cross, in the crucifixion, in the resurrection, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the day to day, we are seeing God for who he is. His footprints are there, if you like, uh, in Christ. Okay, let's, um, can we... Get that happening, I'll get the first five roll rows to stand and we'll take it from there. Got to say, please take the cup and the bread back to your seat and we'll take it together in a moment, I'll pray on our behalf. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your work in the world, whether we can see it or not, but we praise you that in Christ we do see you. Let's take the bread. Lord, we especially thank you for your sacrifice for us on the cross, the new life that we have in Jesus of the cup amen I'll get you to stand let's sing a song in response.
1: to see more of who you are may what i behold still my anxious heart take what i have known and break it all apart you my god Stop
0: take a seat please say hi to someone roundabout. about
2: Good evening. My name is Hannah, and this is my family: my mum, Irene; my dad, Paul, and my baby sister, Micah. As we enter the season of Advent, we have a special scripture reading to bring you, to you, as we anticipate the coming of Christ at Christmas. Our Advent reading today is from Isaiah chapter nine, verses two to three and Isaiah chapter nine, verses six to seven. That talks about the hope of a promised savior to those living in darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest establishing and upholding upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Today, as we prepare our hearts for the coming of our Lord Jesus, the promised Savior, we will light the candle of hope.
3: Good evening, church. Uh, it's our practice at Subi Church at Christmas time uh, to have a giving campaign for uh, a particular gospel need, either locally or around the world. Uh, we've recently supported, if you remember, compassion. Uh, we've supported Ukraine refugees. Uh, we've supported the Fresh Start Rehab Program here in Subiaco. Uh, And for this year, what has weighed heavily on our hearts is the sobering truth that the church is not growing in Australia. Heaven and hell is on the line and people desperately need Jesus. And so this year we're going to be supporting an organisation called Reach Australia. Uh, It's a network that longs to reach Australia for Christ. Uh, Their vision is to see our nation, one for Jesus, through healthy, Evangelistic and Multiplying Churches. Uh, I'm going to show you a brief video and then I'll take you through a little handout that you have on your chair.
4: see Australia one for Christ. To see your friends and family in a living relationship with the Lord Jesus.
5: This is our urgent passion and yet we're still not seeing enough progress being made. Church pastors and their ministry teams are working harder than ever and yet in the last 12 months 35% of pastors surveyed have expressed that they're thinking about quitting their roles.
4: And the consistent feedback we're hearing from church leaders is they love their churches but are feeling stressed or ill-equipped for the task.
5: According to an Australian-wide survey, one in five churches are running an evangelistic course, and this means that many, many people are not being reached with the gospel in their local churches.
4: This is why the Reach Australia network exists. Together, we want to support new churches being established, and we want to see existing church leaders strengthened to lead healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches.
5: Over the last 12 years, we've been able to plant over 120 local churches across Australia. And we've trained hundreds of other leaders around Australia as well. And yet, we're just scratching the surface.
4: By 2030, we want to see 200 more churches evangelised into existence, along with 750 local church leaders equipped for this urgent task so that local churches like yours can thrive.
5: So reaching Australia, and seeing your local church thrive, it's not just up to the minister. It's gonna take you and I working together under God to see churches equipped for this task.
4: So join us in this Australia-wide vision. You can play your part by giving, by praying, and by courageously sharing this awesome news of Jesus with friends and family.
5: Why not become a gospel partner with us today, seeking to equip churches across our country to know and love jesus
4: let's reach australia together
3: so you will have a card near you or around you uh we just like you to take that today you don't need to fill it in today you can if you want But as you lead up to Christmas, if you could be praying about uh, whether uh, you uh, want to give to this ministry, there's information there about how you might give and also where does the funding go. We want to reach Australia for Christ. It's weighed heavily on our hearts and so this is our Christmas appeal this year. You'll hear more about it over the next few weeks. Thank you.
6: Children, you may go to your classes. Welcome everyone to Subi Church. My name is Sean Krum. I'm one of the elders of Subi. You, on your seat, you should have one of these card, connect card. if you haven't seen them before or in the seat before you, you should have a QR code. You can actually scan that to you using your phone. That will give you an opportunity to write down the information that you want to tell us, including your prayers, your blessing, your um, informational classes that you want to participate in, or if you just simply want to help out in any of the ministry and you want to explore that, please put it down in here, and then we would like to collect the information and someone will be contacting with you. It's time to come to an offering. It's part of our serving, the way of our serving to the Lord. Every day that we wake, every day that we walk, is a blessing that the Lord has given us. We should not be taking it for granted. The things that we have, the things that we share with other people, is what the Lord has given to us. So it's time for us to give back to his ministry. Let us pray. Father Lord, we thank you indeed for the blessing that you showered on us. Each of us are given our portion, that we can continue to thrive and serve you in our own ministry. Lord, we also want to give this back to you for the extension of the kingdom's work. And Lord, especially for Subi to reach out to the communities, to the mission field as we plan to do. Lord, bless us with this money as we give it back to you. Lord, we thank you and pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a few announcements, getting through the busy season. We do have a Christmas service coming up um, on the 25th of Monday. So if you, on your seat or next to your seat, you should have a card like this, and you see all the timing at the back, Um, there are more of these cards. If you want to take a few more at the cubbyhole at the back, take them. Go to your street, drop it on your street, share with your friends, your neighbours, and ask them whether they want to come and join you for the Christmas service. There will be service on Monday, the 25th of December, 9 and 10.45 a.m. Our Christmas service will take place on the Christmas day itself, but the normal service on that weekend, please note, Sunday, 24th of December, is 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m., but there will be no Saturday service. This service will not be happening on that weekend. Okay. So hope, hopefully you can invite your friends and your families to join us then. There's also a Christmas lunch coming up. It's a tradition that Subi Church has been participating in for the last few years. It's one of the ways that we actually share with the community here, and there are people who are in need, who may not have anyone to share that special day with, and it's a way for us to share that time with them. It's an outreach program that we do, and we have been doing for a few years. We need people to help. I remember the year that last year, I think we did help out to clean up. There was lots of hands there. The cleaning was much faster with lots of hands. And we still need people to help to serve, to help to talk to the people. If you can do and help in any way during that time, that would be between 12 noon and 2 p.m. There may be people who be in need to be earlier. Let's say you're attending the first service, you might want to start on and help out and arranging and everything else too. It's going to happen just behind our church here in the third place, Salvo. Sorry, I missed the direction. It's there. Advent devotion. Coincide with the Advent reading every week now. We do have an Advent um, devotion, weekly devotion. If you'd like to receive them on the Connect card, please write down and say, I want to receive the Advent devotion. And then what we'll do is that we'll send it out to you. Last week was our AGM for Subi Church. Some of you have attended it, and I just want to give you an update. First and foremost, we extend a heartfelt gratitude to everyone who attended the AGM last Sunday and joined us in prayer. It was one of the largest AGM we ever had, it was filled with active participation. For those who are unable to attend the AGM, you just want to take this time to give you that important announcement The Elders shared to the congregation that David Skirving will be assuming the role of an acting senior pastor immediately. Furthermore, after such consideration, much consideration, that the Elder Board has recommended David to be put in the position of senior pastor, the next step involves the congregation having the opportunity to confirm this recommendation through a member's vote. The significant vote is scheduled to take place in late first quarter next year, 2024. So it will be sometime around March. With the goal of providing clarity to Subi Church leadership, the decision of whether David assume the role of senior pastor rests in the hands of our church members. This process aligns with our constitution framework, which empowers the members of, to play a pivotal role in calling the senior pastor to our church. We humbly request you to continue in prayer for Subi Church especially as we approach a crucial member vote, This is a time when we also do the congregation prayer, and we pray for our church, we pray for the people around us, and also pray for the events that are coming up. So let us pray now. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you with hearts filled with adoration and praise for your boundless love and grace. You are the Alpha and Omega, the creator of the universe. We bow before your majesty. Thank you for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate with joy and reverence this Christmas season. In humble confession, we acknowledge our shortcomings and sins. Knowing that we fall short of your glory, forgive us, Lord, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to turn away from our transgression and to walk in the path of righteousness by guiding light of your word. With hearts overflowing with gratitude, we give thanks for the upcoming Christmas service at Subi Church. May it be a time of worship and reflection as we gather as a community to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Bless the preparation the decoration, and the effort of all those who involve May your presence be felt in every aspect of the service. Draw us closer to you and one another. As Subi Church extends its love to the community through this Christmas lunch, we pray for your blessing upon the outreach. May the meal be a source of warm comfort and joy for those who attend. Open our hearts to be a vessel for your love, spreading the true meaning of Christmas to whole to those who may not feel by themselves at a time in need. Lord, we lift up to Pastor David, who will be preaching to us today. Grant him wisdom, clarity, and anointing as he shares your word. May his message inspire and encourage us to live the life reflects your love and grace. Strengthen him physically, emotionally, and spiritually as he leads and shepherds the flock. In supplication, we bring forward before you the need of the church, family, and the community. Be with those who are facing challenges and trials, and may your peace and comfort surround them. We lift up hope, dreams, and concerns, trusting you, our loving Father. Hear our prayers and we'll answer them accordingly to your perfect will. We pray all this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.
7: Good evening. In our Bible reading today, We will hear of Jesus healing of a sick woman and his compassion for others our scripture reading is taken from mark chapter 5 verses 21 to 36 if you are able i invite you to stand with me as we read from god's word mark chapter 5 verses 21 to 36 when jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus. The synagogue leader, your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. You may now take a seat.
3: G'day church, great to see you. Uh, for those watching online, wherever you are, so glad you could join us. We hope that uh, your time with us this evening is a blessed one. I'd like to show you a brief video and then we're going to come back together.
1: I promise. I
7: promise. I promise. Come on, Daddy. daddy. A rabbi has a pressing matter up
2: ahead, please
7: Come back A rabbi has a
3: pressing matter It's
4: him, it's your rabbi Stay here A rabbi has a pressing matter ahead you Promise you will come back Please Jijer! A rabbi has a pressing matter
7: ahead Jijer! One thread One thread one touch. Please. One thread. Check. It's just the fringe. One touch. One thread. One thread. Just, just the edge. Only a threat.
4: You! I know you! Get away from him!
7: Stop it, please! Rabbi are
4: Rabbi Youssef! This woman bleeds. She is unclean. We removed her.
7: Please, please, I, I promise I won't touch him. I, I just oh, need woman, to. Woman, please,
3: we can help you, but not now.
1: Hold Sorry.
3: Try right, tomorrow.
7: Oh, no, please, just a moment. Just
6: Touch me. Everybody back. I asked the question. Who touched me?
2: Master, they all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me.
6: Ever touched me. Come forward. Teacher.
7: It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge. I promise. You are not unclean.
0: Why my garment?
7: I'm sorry. I know I should have asked. But if if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I was sick. I was sick for twelve years. I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. But, but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> and I was right. I was right. Thank you.
2: My daughter.
7: I'm no one's daughter anymore.
6: Look up.
1: Yes, you are. Daughter.
0: Teacher, she was bleeding so long, we can take her. She
6: is clean.
3: Stands out to you about Jesus' healing of that woman? For me, it's the combination of Jesus' power and his goodness. Uh, These two qualities of Jesus come through again and again in his interaction with people. He has unparalleled power and he has unparalleled goodness. That's what makes him so compelling. Ever since God saved me at 15 years old, there's been no one more impressive, more wonderful to me than Jesus Christ. Who else would I follow but Jesus Christ? Who else would I give my life to but Jesus Christ? He is powerful and he is good. Amen? And we're in the middle of a series called The Power and the Goodness of Jesus. And we're going to look at that again this evening. So if you have your Bibles in front of you, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, remember Jesus has just sailed over to the east side of the lake, which is pagan territory, where they worship false gods. And last week he came face to face with a man, possessed by demons, and he healed him in a moment. Now he has gone back to the west side of the lake, back to Jewish territory, to Capernaum. And a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Have you ever been to the emergency department of a major hospital, especially on a Friday or Saturday night? It's just jam-packed, isn't it? Jam-packed with people who are in need. They go to the hospital because they know that there's someone there that's going to be able to help them. But in first century Capernaum, there were no hospitals, there was no effective medical care, most medical conditions could not be properly treated. Life expectancy in first century Galilee was, what do you think? 35 years old. So I wouldn't still be around. Many of us here would not still be around. And infant mortality was incredibly high and the risk of early death continued to be high until 15 years of age. Due to infectious diseases, malnutrition, the shroud of death covered the ancient world. And then arrives on the scene someone who could heal any disease in a split second. And so crowds swarmed around him. From all around the surrounding area, they enveloped him at all times. Now if someone today could walk into the Perth Children's Hospital, like Jesus, and just heal everyone, well, crowds would swarm around them as well. People would be flying in from all over the world to get to this healer. That's what's happening to Jesus. The crowds couldn't get enough of him. And this is attested to outside the Bible as well. Did you know that? So there's a historian, a Jewish historian in the first century by the name of Josephus. He says this Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles we read then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus he fell at his feet Luke's gospel says behold which is like an exclamation mark this is something shocking here was a religious leader bowing at the feet of Jesus because we know what the religious establishment thought of Jesus don't we uh, the scribes and the Pharisees believed that Jesus was threatening the very fabric of Jewish religion and Jewish society, saying that he could forgive sins without the, the, customary, the need for customary Jewish sacrifices. He was claiming to be God in the flesh, which to the ears of the, the religious leaders was blasphemy. They resented Jesus' popularity and they were already plotting his death. But while the religious leaders rejected Jesus, Jairus falls at his feet. Jairus believed Jesus was being used by God. And Jairus was a synagogue ruler. Now, this is is a reconstruction of a first century synagogue. Synagogues were places of assembly for the people for a whole range of different uses, purposes. They were used for schooling, courts of law, but particularly they were used for the teaching of the Torah on the Sabbath, every Sabbath. And if you go to Capernaum today, if your trip is not cancelled, if you go to Capernaum today, there will be, uh, you can see, the ancient first—the the, the ruins of the foundations of the first century synagogue in Capernaum with a, a later synagogue built on those foundations. Now, in each synagogue, there was a man or a group of men that were the administrators of synagogue life. Uh, They were not religious clerics like Pharisees or scribes or rabbis, but they cared for the facility, they maintained the building, they cared for the scrolls, they organised the synagogue school. The ruler was a respected man, selected by the people, and so Jairus would have been a man of, of social standing and considerable influence in the community but he falls at jesus feet out of desperation out of deference this is a significant act for one with such a high position now jesus had already done many miracles in capernaum Uh, you remember the man that was lowered down through the roof who was paralyzed that he was healed in capernaum Uh, When Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, he was interrupted, if you remember, by a man with an evil spirit and Jesus healed him. Uh, It could well have been the synagogue that Jairus was the administrator of. Jairus seeks out the one who had healed so many that he'd heard about and he falls at Jesus' feet and he says, just one more healing, Jesus, just one more, my little daughter. What stands out to me here is how accessible Jesus is. Yeah? Do you agree? Most world leaders, they live in their ivory towers away from the people. Now, they've got bodyguards and entourages that purposely block people from getting to them. Right? This is the supreme leader of North Korea. Uh, they boast that not even an ant can get to him. Uh, this is when he's in his car, There has a group of men that run beside the car. Jairus is not going to get to the supreme leader. He's, he's going to be stopped, he's going to be blocked. But Jesus, the son of God, he doesn't have bodyguards which block people's access to him. One, he doesn't need them because he's got unparalleled power. No one can do anything to him without him allowing it to happen. Remember the religious leaders tried to throw him off a cliff? He just walks through them. And out of compassion and concern, he allows himself to be accessible to anyone. A respected synagogue leader, a rejected unclean woman. It doesn't matter who it is. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Literally, my little daughter is at the end. And he says, I am at the end as well, Jesus. I'm at the end of my resources. I can't do anything. I can't just sit and watch her die. I've come to you. Unless you come and heal her, she is going to die. Jairus is what any parent would be in that situation desperate please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live my daughter is at the end but normally when someone says my little daughter is at the end there is no but with jesus there is always a but even when it comes to death and jairus displays not the least amount of doubt does he He's confident that Jesus can fix the problem. His faith is strong. He makes a public confession that he believes Jesus has the power to do it, which in one sense would be a defiance of the religious establishment who are against Jesus. This is a bold step. So Jesus went with him. Jesus' pity was never separated from his power. And Jairus' heart must have been bursting through his chest, yeah, when he's walking to his home with Jesus, hoping beyond hope that his daughter will hang on until they get there. But on the way, there is an interruption. Jesus has an encounter with a woman that delays his progress. Now, if Jesus stops and deals with this woman, it will be a major delay for Jesus getting to Jairus' daughter. For Jairus, right now, there's nothing more urgent than his child's life who might die before he gets there. Jesus, don't stop. What could be more important than coming to see my daughter? We can come back for this woman later. She's got a chronic problem. We can come back later. The the woman's problem is chronic. It's not urgent. The girl's condition is urgent. If the woman went to the emergency department, she would be... Triage level five, which is the least urgent, and she would be asked to wait. But Jairus' daughter, she's triage level one. It's urgent, she's urgent, and she would be seen immediately. But Jesus stops and deals with the woman. He can't help himself because of his goodness and his compassion. Jesus is never in a hurry. He's always in complete control. A large crowd followed and pressed around him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Notice it's the same age as Jairus' daughter, 12 years. We're not told the nature of the woman's bleeding but it's likely that it was bleeding from the womb. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse. She suffered for a long time and there was nothing anyone could do to help her. There wasn't a lot doctors could do back then for this kind of condition. Interestingly, I I noticed that in the Gospel uh, of Luke, who, remember, was a doctor himself, he doesn't say that she suffered under doctors. (laughs) He says that the condition was incurable. I like that. This woman's condition would have been so debilitating for her, right? So debilitating. Nonstop bleeding. Can you imagine... And adding to her physical misery, bleeding from the womb, it caused a Jewish woman to be ritually unclean, according to the law. Normal bleeding from the womb made a woman unclean for seven days. This woman had been bleeding constantly for 12 years. She would have been unclean for the whole 12 years. If she touched anyone else, they would have been made unclean. If she touched her husband, he would have been unclean. She touched her Children, they would have been unclean. She touched her friends, they would have been unclean. Her uncleanness would have been the source of constant embarrassment and shame. Wherever she goes, she would have heard what people said about her. She would have seen the way they looked at her. She couldn't go to the synagogue. She couldn't go to the temple. She would have been shut out of civil and religious life, isolated and outcast. She would have been in permanent lockdown remember how bad lockdown was during covid it was bad enough for a few weeks she's in permanent lockdown the laws of clean and unclean were given by god in the old testament to be an illustration of what sin does it corrupts it defiles it soils it's an illustration of what sin does and the law pointed to the need for cleansing it pointed to the cleanser and now the cleanser is standing right in front of her when she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if i just touch his clothes i will be healed so her condition makes her hesitant to want to ask Jesus for help publicly To do so would violate the acceptable boundaries of her tradition. Perhaps she fears that Jesus will refuse to touch, to heal an unclean woman, just like every other religious leader would refuse to do so. Perhaps she believes, but she believes Jesus holds the key to her cure, and so she joins the crowd and she comes up behind Jesus and she she tries to be as inconspicuous as possible. She tries to avoid disclosure and further embarrassment and resentment from the crowd, from the people. Maybe she had her face covered. Matthew and Luke tell us in their Gospels that she touched the edge of the cloak, uh, literally the fringe or the hem or the tassel. Uh, Jews were to put tassels on the bottom of their cloaks, those four uh, there are four tassels there. They were, they were told to put them on the bottom of their cloaks to mark them out as those who belong to God. Uh, in Numbers chapter 15, we read, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord. Uh, In the first century, the hem of the garment was viewed as symbolically representing the person who wore the garment. So uh, there was a phrase, to grasp the hem, to hold the hem, which signified loyalty when an agreement or covenant was made. You would hold the hem and you would be agreeing to the covenant because the hem represented the person. To cut the hem was to sever the relationship, to forsake an agreement. And so likely this woman, she's heard of others who have been healed and at Jesus' touch and she thinks, if I can just crawl in and if I can just grab the hem, the the tassel of his cloak, I will be healed for there is so much power in him. There she is, just in desperation. You can see that tassel there. Grabbing the tassel, tassel which represents the person wearing the garment. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. The woman's touch felt different uh, than others who pressed against him. So he's got all these people pressing against him, but he knows that one person has pressed against him in a different way. He, He experiences the expulsion of divine power leaving him. Jesus lost power and the woman gains it. And she knows instantly that she is healed. Years of shame and embarrassment and suffering have been healed in one brief touch of Jesus' cloak. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you? His disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. I want to show you a brief video just for a moment.
4: 999 goals, Buddy Franklin.
3: Even if you're not a footy fan, that was uh, Buddy Franklin scoring his thousandth, thousandth goal last year in the AFL. Now, there's no way he could distinguish the touch of one person, right? Crowding around him, pressing around him. But we're told that Jesus could distinguish the touch of this woman. Jesus knew all things. He was omniscient. He knows that power has left him. And he, he, I, I think from the text, he's aware of who touched him. The point was, he wanted the woman to come forward. Why did J- Jesus insist that she go public? Because she needed it. I think if she just crept away, would anyone have believed it when she said that she was now healed? After 12 years, would she have been accepted back into society? By calling her out and making her publicly tell her story, he was declaring to the world that he hadn't just healed her physically, he had restored her in every way. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Why did she tremble with fear, do you think? Did she think Jesus would be angry that she touched him when she was unclean? Would she have to confess in front of the whole crowd that she was unclean, that she shouldn't be there? Now I think hers is a holy fear. She's aware of what's just happened to her. She's been healed in an instant and she knows that she is in the presence of greatness. She knows she is in the presence of the divine. And she trembles. Right at the beginning of Mark's Gospel, Jesus declares, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is near. And Jesus' miracles demonstrate that God's promised kingdom was on the cusp of dawning and that Jesus was the king of God's kingdom. He's a powerful king. He's a king full of goodness. He was able to lift the shroud of disease and death from his people. How the kingdom of God comes in is not made clear at this point of the story. They know the kingdom of God is near. They don't know how it's going to come. We, we see subsequently that it comes by Jesus' death and resurrection. His resurrection from the dead will definitively demonstrate that he is the everlasting king because only a king who conquers death can rule forever. It's his resurrection. and it's, But it's in Jesus' death and resurrection that Jesus' power and his goodness are seen most clearly we see it in his miracles but it's in his death and resurrection that we see his power and goodness most clearly don't we because on the cross we see so powerfully that he crushed satan and all the forces of evil making a public spectacle of them we see that he's so powerful that he absorbed in himself the sin of the whole world, for all time. We see that he's so good and loving that the only one who lived a righteous life ever would lay down his life for the unrighteous. We see that he's so good and loving that the only one who did not deserve condemnation took the condemnation that we deserved on himself. And we see that he's so powerful that in his resurrection he overturns the ultimate enemy, death. And he overturns the fear of death for everyone who puts their trust in him. But at this point in the narrative, Jesus' miracles demonstrate that the kingdom is near because the king is present and so the woman trembles in his presence. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus speaks so tenderly towards this woman, doesn't he? I love that about Jesus. He speaks so tenderly, addressing her as daughter. This is the only time in the New Testament that a woman is addressed by Jesus in this way. Why does he address her this way? He's saying, you've not just been healed. You've not just been made clean. You have been accepted fully You have been received as a child of God. All that isolation, you've been an outcast for so long. I want you to know that you are a daughter of God. There's all the difference in the world between getting a bodily healing and being welcomed into the family of God as a son and daughter. So we see this faith of the woman. Faith is not, faith is not general belief in the existence of God. Faith is coming to Jesus personally in trust and dependence like Jairus and the woman. Two people, one respected, one rejected, one honoured, one ashamed, one the leader of the synagogue, one not even allowed in the synagogue, one with a 12-year-old daughter dying, one with a 12-year disease suffering. Both come to God in the same way, in humble dependence on Jesus. You might have come to church for years, you've been part of the crowd, but you must come to Jesus yourself in faith, in dependence. Whether you're at the top of the social tree like Jairus, whether you're bottom of the social tree like this woman, you've got to come to God in the same way, on your knees in humble repentance and faith. Have you done that? I want to finish with this. Even though there are lots of people wanting Jesus' help, Jesus is accessible and available to you, to every one of you. No matter how desperate your situation, no matter how difficult things are for you, for your family, you're never out of Jesus' reach. If you you seek him in faith, he is there for you. He longs to restore you, to respond to you in love, to say, my daughter, my son. And Jesus is not in a hurry. He gives us his time, he gives us his full attention. Now, he does not promise physical healing for every person. But what he does promise is healing to our souls, to our very being, Come to him, for he is powerful and he is good. But hang on, what about Jairus' daughter? We'll have to wait until next week when we see that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the power and the goodness of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the way that he deals with this woman so tenderly, so lovingly, so full of compassion, full of goodness. We thank you for his power that he is able to heal this woman just by her touching the hem of his garment. And we thank you that we see in the cross and the resurrection your power and your goodness on full display. And we thank you, Lord, that you are available and you are accessible to us, and we come before you now. And we ask, Lord, that you would work, do your work in our hearts, that you would draw us close to you, that you would increase our faith in you, increase our trust in you. And like Jairus, we would boldly follow you, no matter what others say, and we pray it in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. stand and thing together
1: Shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go, tell it on the mountain. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth Rang out the angel chorus that hailed the Savior's birth Go tell it on the mountain, over the hill THE HUMBLE CHRIST WAS BORN AND GOD SENT US SALVATION THAT BLESSED CHRISTMAS BORN GO TELL IT ON THE MOUNTAIN OVER THE HILLS AND EVERYWHERE GO TELL IT ON THE MOUNTAIN go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born that Jesus Christ is born that Jesus
3: If anyone would like any prayer, you'd like to talk to anyone uh, about anything, uh, myself, or one of the leaders about anything, please come down the front. We'd love to pray for you. I'd also like, just like to say I'd like to humbly thank the uh, elders and the staff for their support in my appointment as the acting senior pastor last weekend at the uh, AGM. Uh, it's been a year of instability and uncertainty for everyone, but I hope that we can now uh, move forward as a church. I hope to lead as a shepherd ought to lead out of a relationship built of trust and care. And so I just wanted to share that with you. Let me finish with a benediction. Father in heaven, I pray for each precious person here this evening. I pray, Lord, we would go now buoyed by the truth that you are powerful and that you are good and you are for us. And so I pray, Lord, we would leave with that hope and i pray father that we would uh, share that with those around us and when we when we are in difficulty this week we might call on that uh, knowledge of you uh, and so we might tackle any situation that comes across our path and we pray this in jesus name amen